show. This is Chris to Chris, comedy advice to fix your life. I am your host, Chris. Joined in the studio today by the one, the only Mike who happens to be in the building. Go ahead and say hi, Michael. Go ahead and say hi, Michael. <sighs> hi, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. You're a little sleepy today. You look how I feel. We also have Dell. Our homie Dell is standing in the corner. Dell, go ahead and let the folks at home know you are a real person. I am definitely a real person in the room. Thank you, Dell. You guys might know me, Chris, from this podcast, Chris to Chris, which you can download anywhere podcasts are sold for free. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Podcast Republic, etc., 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 etc. We are also uh, known for Chris vs. the World, my comedy channel, Laser Lemming, my gaming channel. It's a YouTube thing. We're on YouTube. That's what I'm trying to say. This is going to be a fun episode. You know, we got to go through the intro just so you know. Just so all these new folks, we're trying to get 8 billion people listening to this show. For the potential 8 billion listeners, you need to know how this thing works. Okay? And it's going to be a good episode. I think it's going to be good because I put a lot of work into this thing. So much work where I'm realizing, is, have you ever started something hoping it will be easy? And the further you get into it, you realize it's going to be good. But you also realize... Oh, this is going to take forever. That's this episode. That's this podcast, I think. I don't know. Who knows? I might pass out right on this table before the whole thing even has a chance of airing. My point is, this week we're going to be talking about things. We're going to be talking about meeting strangers from the internet. We're going to be talking about some Kool-Aid humility. We're going to be talking about Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, the PlayStation 5, Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios. We're going to be reviewing Happy Death Day to you, and we're going to be answering a bunch of listener questions. It should be fun. It should be fun. So, uh, it sounds a little heavy, and I think it will be, so you might want to grab a snack, a drink, whatever it takes to get through this. Whatever you're going to be doing. By the way, this is a podcast. It's audio. You don't have to just stare at a wall. You don't have to close your eyes and fall asleep to my sexy voice. No, you could be doing things. That's how I want to encourage you to listen to the show and force other people to listen to the show, whether it be with a weapon or not with a weapon. I'm not encouraging that in any way, shape, or form, but if you do, you know... Be gentle. Let's get the show started. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh my gosh. If you can't tell, I am tired this week. I am exhausted. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I've been getting probably about 30 minutes more sleep every night than I usually get, which means that I'm getting almost six hours, almost six hours a night, which is good for me. But I think I'm tired because there's a lot going on in my life right now, mostly revolving around the incoming baby that's going to be coming in a few months. But it turns out that when you have a baby, you don't just have sex and wait for the baby to show up. It doesn't just work like that. Surprise, surprise. Mike, Del, when you have a baby, it means that you go to the doctor a lot. It also means that you have to buy a lot of stuff for the baby and your house before the baby even arrives. You got to be doing all these things. You, you, you people want to have baby showers. You, you got to read books and watch YouTube videos, just like our ancestors did. So my brain is exhausted, which is making me tired physically. Mike, you would be shocked if I told you that a stressed-out human brain can burn up to fifteen hundred calories per hour. Well, no. You make up a lot of shit on here. The point is that I'm having a hard time thinking good this week, and I don't want to disappoint our 8 billion potential listeners. So I started thinking about a topic for this week's episode, and I was thinking and thinking and thinking, and the topic of Craigslist came up while I was at work. Bingo. Light turned on. 
I've got some Craigslist stories to share. That could be fun, right? 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 We're going to find out. We're going to find out. But first, it's just the tip of the week. Okay, this is not a Craigslist story. We will get to that. I have another story for you, though. Once upon a time, I was 13 years old, which was 8th grade, if you are uh, thinking academically. I was feeling pretty good in 8th grade, you know? I was top dog of the middle schoolers. I felt like I could do anything. I could conquer the world at 13 years old. So one day, a sign-up sheet goes around for a pep rally that was coming up in a few weeks. And the sign-up sheet was for some pep rally games. You know, pep rallies, they have competitions between the grades and the classes. And so you were going to be competing for your class. I was feeling good, like I said, feeling cocky, feeling confident. So I wanted in on this action. I scanned the sheet real quick, and I found something that looked awesome. A Kool-Aid powder eating competition. Hey, hey, I can eat delicious Kool-Aid powder and look like a boss in front of all my peers? <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm in. Signing up. Signed up immediately. So the day of the pep rally comes around, right? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm feeling it in my blood. Ready to increase my blood sugar. They announced my name during the pep rally. I walked out with my posse to the song Bombs Over Baghdad. I'm, I'm shadow boxing in my robe. Manny Pacquiao gave me a high five. It was a whole thing, right? Anyway, three of us all sit down in our chairs, me and the other two competitors. They hand us a pack of Kool-Aid powder and explain that we need to eat all of it first. We need to be the first to eat all of this powder in order to win. And I had been mentally preparing myself for this challenge all week. I would eaten enough fun dips in my life to know that this was going to be the easiest challenge I had ever dominated. I was ready, right? So our principal, she pulls out her Glock. And she points it to the ceiling of the gym. Three, two, one. Bang, bang, bang! I immediately tore open my Kool-Aid pack, knocked my head back, and I poured it all into my mouth, right? I learned two things that day. One, raw Kool-Aid powder does not taste like fun dip. In fact, it is not fun at all. Two, Pouring a pack of Kool-Aid powder into your mouth is a bad idea. See, it turns out that there's a reason the Kool-Aid directions tell you to add sugar and water. The stuff is kind of, it's kind of poison without the, the water and the sugar. See, when I cranked my head back to eat this Kool-Aid, I inhaled some of it like a, like a mouth breather, and I immediately started to choke on it. I needed water really bad. Really bad. I, I, I tried eating more of the Kool-Aid, you know, even though I was choking. So I, I tried it. You know, I was trying to, to be the man here. I was choking. I had Kool-Aid powder caking my throat, but I was trying to, to carry on somehow, acting like somehow the rest of this stuff was going to get down, even though I had just blocked my airway. But, but like I said, the, 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 the powder was blocking me from breathing, so it wasn't happening. The, the whole thing wasn't going down the way I expected it to. So instead of looking like a hero, I literally, I literally died on the gym floor in front of all of my 13-year-old peers. So I did not win the Kool-Aid eating competition. I, I, went, I went hard, I went ham, and I, I died like a pig. 
Somebody that decided not to inhale this powder, somebody that decided to take it slow and steady like the tortoise, they won instead. So this week's tip is to breathe with your nose when you're eating competitively. I know that will help many of you, many of our 8 billion listeners. Let's move on to a little thing we like to call Video Game Corner. We've got more exciting news about the PlayStation 5 this week. Last week, we announced that Sony revealed the PS5 logo at CES, and they acted like it was a big deal. This week, Sony decided to give some actual, real exciting news by announcing that they won't be at E3. Again, E3 2020, uh, no Sony. Some places are saying that this actually hurts E3 more than it hurts Sony, and they're right uh, in the respect that it definitely does hurt E3. It's not like the good old days when Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft, they all held their own press conferences and they all kind of went after each other. It was competitive. It was it was fanboy to the max. It was fun. It was fun. It's not like that anymore. Microsoft is now the only major console manufacturer that is still doing live press conferences at E3. Nintendo, they, they, they still go to E3. They have a big uh, show floor presence, but they don't do a live conference anymore. They, they got soured on that after some bad experiences. So now they do their Nintendo Directs where they uh, just have a, a pre-made video, which is cool. It's cool. It's, uh, it's tightly made. It's well-established when they're good. But uh, when, they don't, when they don't come with the goods, it's kind of boring. You don't have the, the audience reactions to feel the hype. It's not, it's not as, it doesn't feel as much like a, a community uh, event for, for Nintendo Directs. It, it's still good. It's just not as good for me, personally speaking. Sony tried doing their own Nintendo Direct last year. They called it uh, State of Play, and they, they did multiple ones. Like, Nintendo does multiple Nintendo Directs every year. They called it uh, State of Play, and they did it during E3, or, like, s- shortly before E3. But it felt a little soulless. It was, it, was, it was decent. They showed off some good stuff, but it didn't... It felt sterile to me, especially the way they announced it. It's just kind of, like, it's less personal, I guess. Nintendo doesn't have that live audience, but it still feels a little bit more personal because they have actual human beings announcing a lot of this stuff and, and talking about things. Sony did not. So this year they might be doing the same thing. They haven't announced exactly what they're doing. They're going to be launching the PlayStation 5 this year, so they've got to reveal this thing somehow. And I'm assuming they're going to do a live event. Even Nintendo, who's been doing Nintendo Directs for years now. They haven't done a live press conference at E3 for like four or five years now. Even Nintendo did a live press conference to reveal the Switch properly. Now, I wouldn't say they did it properly. They tried to. They did it in Japan, where Japan is notoriously known to not clap at shit. They don't, they don't, they don't get excited. The audience doesn't care. They're just like, thank you for showing us your games. We are very professional Japanese people. So I, I think if you want to build up the excitement, build up, uh, pump people up, you got you to gotta show it to over, overly uh, anxious Americans or uh, Europeans, people that really get excited over shit, or maybe some South Americans, you know, they, like, maybe during a, a, uh, a World Cup game in the middle, you, you show off the next console. That's how you get the, the Vuvuzuelas, and the, is that what they're called? The, the, the loud, obnoxious horns that they finally ban during soccer games. I don't know. I think I'm going off on a tangent here. <sighs> My point is that Sony's probably going to be doing their own events. 
uh, announcing the the PS5. They'll probably do something around the time of E3. They might do something shortly beforehand. Microsoft really went out of left field late last year. Uh, I mean, by late last year, I mean last month when they showed off the Xbox, the next Xbox with, uh, or before Christmas even happened. That was, I think that was kind of a stupid move, personally speaking, but they did it. They did it. Turns out they had a reason to, because they're now saying that uh, games, that for at least a year, Microsoft is not going to be publishing any games that won't also be published on the Xbox One. I digress. Let me digress a little bit here, okay? I would say that even though that this is not good for E3 2020, Sony being gone, I'd also wager that it's not great for Sony either. See, you're, you're now pretty much just letting Nintendo and Microsoft get all of the spotlight at the show. Now, granted, third parties will still have uh, some PS5 games, maybe. I don't know if PS5 hardware will be there. It probably will. But without Sony being there to usher it in, I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of weird. It is, it, it's, a, it's a weird time. It's a weird time. We will see what happens. But for now, we are going to categorize this news as, well, that kind of sucks. Oh, and uh, Nintendo also unveiled their latest uh, fighter in Smash Brothers yesterday. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. People were so excited. They said, what's the last fighter in the fighter pass going to be? Next uh, DLC fighter. People were saying it's going to be Dante from Devil May Cry. People were saying it's going to be somebody I really want it to be. It was, uh, who, who was it? Byleth. 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 You know, when, when people say, hey, what's your favorite video game character? I say, my favorite video game character is Byleth. I hope he's in Super Smash Brothers. You know who Byleth is from? You know what franchise he's from? He's from Fire Emblem. And I think that's great. I think that's great because Super Smash Brothers is sorely lacking in Fire Emblem characters. You know, we got Roy, we got Marth, we got uh, Pikachu, all these Fire Emblem characters. We have like literally 100. There is literally 100 Fire Emblem characters in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, but finally we uh, can end this underrepresentation of uh, Fire Emblem characters by adding Byleth to the, to the roster. And you know what? I'll be real. His moveset, it looks cool. His weapon, it looks cool. Or her weapon, because there's a, a male-female variant of Byleth. But I just don't care. I just don't care. I saw the announcement on Thursday morning, and I was like, you know what? This guy is unrecognizable to me. And then I, I, as I was watching the video, I'm like, oh, it's a Fire Emblem character. Oh, it's a Fire Emblem character. Another Fire Emblem character. This is how y'all want to end it. Now, granted, they said they're going to do more characters down the line. But I was like, you know what? Let me, let me check and see the, uh, the like to dislike ratio on this video. And it was uh, at the time, which was about two hours, two and a half hours after the reveal, it was 40,000 likes and 25,000 dislikes. So a little bit over half dislikes. And I, I haven't checked it again recently, but I thought that was interesting. Also, uh, Nintendo did something good. And granted, you know, like I said, it's, it's a good-looking character. The stage looks nice. But man, another Fire Emblem character. Anyway, like I said, Nintendo also did something pretty cool. They uh, did a trailer for uh, Super Nintendo World at... 
uh, Universal Studios Japan, and they're they're going to bring this to uh, Orlando and Hollywood and possibly another park as well. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, taking my wife and my my son there one day. And the trailer looks cool. Maybe we'll show that on the the website uploaded.com, bringing all of our YouTube channels together. I think I'm getting tired. My point is, the trailer looked cool. It's a it's a girl and then several people all running around a, a live Nintendo world wearing Mario hats and somebody singing a song. It's wonderful. That's your video game news. I feel like we adequately talked about video games this week. I feel like this video game corner wasn't just an excuse for me to talk about Bad Boys 3, which is coming out and apparently getting decent reviews. I've been looking forward to Bad Boys 3 since Bad Boys 2 came out in, jeez, how long ago was that? 2002 or something? 2003? At least 15 years ago. I think more. I think more at this point. So, I'm looking forward to that. Alright, Bad Boys 3. I'm not getting paid to say that. You guys should just go see it with me. Anyway, as promised, I, I have a few Craigslist stories to, to talk about. I've sold a lot of stuff on Craigslist. You know, furniture, games, concert tickets, whatever. But I've also bought stuff there. Ten years ago, I was in the market for an Xbox 360. I was running a gaming column on a website, and I wanted to be able to talk about all of the consoles. I owned a PS3, I owned a Wii, and all the older systems, but I didn't own an Xbox 360. And I wasn't about to pay for a new one, because I was a broke college student, and I didn't like the deals that GameStop had, so I turned to Craigslist. And I was living in San Bernardino at the time, and I found a guy selling a 360 for... $150. It had two controllers and like 15 games at least. And that was a pretty damn good deal at the time, especially compared to the other competition on Craigslist. So I found out where this guy lived and I threw my girlfriend in the car to go get it, right? Normally, when I'm uh, doing deals on Craigslist, I I meet people in a public parking lot or something like that, maybe a Starbucks, whatever. But when you're buying, when you are the buyer, you can't be too picky. This guy, he lived in Apple Valley, which is about 50 miles north of San Bernardino. And if you don't know Apple Valley, and you probably don't, there's 8 billion people listening to this show. Many of you probably don't know Apple Valley. So if you don't know Apple Valley, it's a desert north of Victorville, which is better known as a city that you drive past on the way to Vegas. Victorville is a great place to try different drugs. Apple Valley is less known for drugs, but it is still a very good place to bury a body. So I hear. Anyway, we're having a hard time uh, finding this place. And this guy, he starts calling me every five minutes. Every five minutes, he's just ringing my phone like, yo, where are you? Where are you? I'm about to sell this thing, dude. As if he has people hammering on his door saying, I want that Xbox. I want that Xbox. No, I promised it to this stranger on Craigslist. Now, he's just he was just getting anxious. So we finally find this place, and I, I tell my girlfriend, you know, you should wait in the car. Because it's shady looking. It's shady looking. I don't want you to be in any danger, right? So knock on the door, dude lets me in, and he walks me through his house. Full of about 10, 10 12 cholos just posted in the living room. Whole place smells like a cigarette, right? The Xbox was still hooked up to his TV. Like, he was playing it to the last possible second. Like, he's getting rid of his dog at the pound. Like, oh, I'm going to miss you, bro. So, 
Xbox is still hooked up to the TV, so I do the Craigslist thing and I ask him to, to you know, prove to me it works, right? Prove to me it works. You don't want to, you don't want to uh, drop $150 to a stranger and come home with a lemon. That must be a very tasty lemon, right? So you don't want that. So while he's turning it on, he's got his big, big friend, big uh, hefty dude posted on the couch. He says to me, hey, man. I told him not to sell it to you. And he was pissed off, you know? He was pissed off because I was taking away his friend's game system. And by extension, I think I was taking away his game system. You know, I think he was there all the time playing his friend's Xbox. Anyway, Xbox worked fine. He, he got the money and I was out of there. I was gone. I was like, all right, peace, deuces. I ended up selling this thing on Craigslist about six months later. For the same amount of money I paid for it. And I had sold most of the games at that point. So I, I ended up making a profit on this thing, I guess. I needed money. The moral of the story here is to always go into a home full of strangers by yourself with pockets full of cash. I've got another uh, Craigslist story to tell. But first, let's move on to the news. <laughs> This week in the news, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are beefing and calling each other liars in front of the whole world. But that's pretty much it. I don't think they're going to get married anymore. I think the wedding is off. Other than that, practically nothing happened in the world. So instead of your normal news, as promised, we are going to review Happy Death Day to you. It's going to be a spoiler-free review. As spoiler-free as humanly possible, right? So last week, we reviewed the first Happy Death Day movie. It was a, a PG-13 horror movie with the, the Groundhog Day premise. You know, you keep living the same day over and over and over again. I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It was nothing special, just fine. But I heard the sequel might be worth checking out. So I gave it a spin on Hulu the other day. Mike, Happy Death Day to you is the Gremlins two of this decade i thought it was going to be a straight up rehash of the first movie you know different characters same plot so many movies do that right no no this movie is a direct sequel to the first movie same cast and all the same guy that directed the first one did this movie too and he must not have wanted to make the same shit twice because this movie goes full on gremlins 2 the spooky horror aspect gets thrown out the window about 10 minutes into this movie. It's not horror anymore, it's sci-fi, straight up sci-fi. The first movie is about dealing with waking up on the same day, being killed over and over and over again, just trying to figure out who's killing you, why? The second movie is about time travel and parallel universes and goofy slapstick humor. They go balls out in this movie. It gets really dumb sometimes, but I want to give this movie credit for trying something different. I didn't think I would say that, but I want to give it credit. It was not like a straight-to-DVD sequel that you see at Blockbuster or now see at Redbox or now see at uh, Netflix. I'd say it's a good movie to watch if you're looking for something to do while your podcast is downloading. This podcast is downloading. Maybe you have very slow internet. But the problem, the biggest problem 
with Happy Death Day to You is that it references the first movie so much. Like, it relies on you seeing the first movie. You pretty much need to sit through the, the eh, movie in order to get the most out of this batshit crazy movie. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's news. Let's back, uh, back on up to uh, Craigslist. I have one more uh, Craigslist story to tell this week. I've sold a a lot of stuff on Craigslist, many things, but nothing compares to the time I sold a car. It was actually my first car. It was a a 94 Toyota Corolla. I didn't get it in 94. It was just a very old car by the time I I owned it. You know, happy to have a car. Anyway, it had plenty of issues over the years. Many a time, it would just stop working. I remember at least one or two times where I was just in the middle of traffic and the damn thing just didn't want to continue. It was like a dog that wanted you to pick it up and walk it back home. So I spent a lot of money trying to keep that car alive. A lot. And then one day, it, it just really shits the bed. I, I get it towed to the mechanic. He says the transmission is practically shot at this point, and the axles are completely fucked. They tell me it's going to cost like three, somewhere between three and $6,000 to fix. It was a, an incomprehensible amount of money for me at the time. Somebody, you know, somebody who sold video games to afford dinner that week, $3,000 just wasn't happening. So, fuck it. I decided to sell the car, right? Turns out that the Kelly Blue Book value of a, a junked Toyota Corolla from 1994 is just not very high. So I put it up on Craigslist for the whopping price of $900. You know, it needed work. It needed some serious work, so I said, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll take what I can get for this thing. $900. Dell, Mike, if you ever want to get a ton of emails from crazy strangers, put up a Craigslist ad for a car for under $1,000. I got dozens and dozens and dozens of emails from people about this car. Apparently, though, $900 just wasn't cheap enough for some of them. One guy offered me a $750. One guy offered me $600. I looked up these old emails from 2010 for this story. One of the guys that offered to buy it, his name, I don't even know if I should say it, just because, it's a, you know, it's a real name, blah, blah, blah. Maybe I'll, I'll censor it. But his name was Vladimir Gonzalez. Vladimir Gonzalez. <laughs> I don't, I, I can't make that up. I, I never in my life would I have thought, you know what? I'm going to write a character and his name is going to be Vladimir, Vladimir Gonzalez. How do you, how do you say that? Do you have to change accents halfway through your name? My name is Vladimir Gonzalez. Michael Jackson also offered to buy my car. That was his name. I was looking through the emails. I said, oh, Michael Jackson wanted to buy my car. But I don't think it was that Michael Jackson because that Michael Jackson died a year earlier in 2009. One guy, this is true, one guy tried to trade me his dirt bike for my car. Oh, hey, nice dirt bike. Where'd you get it? Oh, this? This old thing? Hey, I traded my car for it. How many people would think I'm a complete asshole? I would be at the top of that list. Anyway, I finally sold it to this guy. His name was Jose or Jorge, something like that. He, he wanted to test it, though. You know, he gets to, gets to my place, and uh, he says, yeah, look, I got to drive this thing. So we get in the car. By the way, 
Another hot Craigslist tip here. Always get in the car with strangers and let the stranger drive your car. You know, he's got to test it, right? So we get in the car. He doesn't want to put the seatbelt on, and he starts... Remember, we're in a residential neighborhood. He slams the gas as hard as he could. He wants to punch this thing and see what it's made of. I said in the ad that this car had these issues. He doesn't care. It's $900, right? He's punching it. He's punching it. And uh, I thought at the time, you know, I, I guess this isn't the worst way I could die. You know, with me and me and Jorge. Me and Jorge going 70 miles in a residential area. It's not the worst way I could possibly die. So we get back to my place. I pointed out that the car again was definitely going to need work, Jorge. I had the I had the bumper literally held up with duct tape for years, but he wasn't worried. He's like, "Look, I got I got a brother-in-law. He's a mechanic. Blah 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 blah." Jorge and I do the deal. Car's his. He calls me like two weeks later, wakes me up. I, I get a call from this stranger. Who's this? It's Jorge. And he's, he's complaining, but he's like nicely complaining that something wasn't working right. And I'm just like, I'm just waking up, so I'm confused. And during while he's explaining this and he's doing a bad job of explaining it, I think he realized that he's talking to a guy that he paid $900 for a full vehicle for. You know, he got this car for $900, less than, I think he talked me down to like $850 or something like that. So he's talking to somebody, he's complaining about a car not working 100% for $850, and he's just kind of like, you know what, uh, you know, never mind, never mind. Uh, I guess I need to talk to my, my mechanic brother-in-law again. It's a real fairy tale ending. He hung up, okay? Uh, so that's our, that's our uh, heartwarming Craigslist story this, uh, this week. Del, what time is it? Chris to Chris presents Listen Question Time. Thank you, Dell. We have some wonderful listener questions this week, and our first question comes from Ken, who says, You said last week you are building your podcast. Are you doing it alone or using a contractor? Well, I only trust contractors to write my last will and testament and install my cable. So Chris to Chris is... 100% 100% grass-fed, our mics and our Dells are free-range from farm to table. We make it ourselves, Kent. Thank you for the question. Yilly asks, why? Just why? Yilly, I ask this question to myself every hour of every day of my life. Why? It's really hard for me to believe that 14 billion years ago, a huge explosion created everything in the universe, including a planet that could sustain life and evolve over time. All so that we could one day make nine Fast and Furious movies. It happened, right? It all happened. But there's got to be a reason to this madness. Why did it happen? Why did this explosion happen so that we can all just be assholes? Why do we have Trump versus Hillary? Why was that our options on this planet, on this time, where we are alive right now? Why? There's got to be a reason. And I'm going to let you know when I figure out what that reason is. Sean asks, Can llamas take over the world? And if so... 
what is the plan to please our new overlords? Well, Sean, I looked it up. And according to the first result of a Google search, llamas have average intelligence among hooved animals. They're able to understand what a mirror does after they look at it for a while. That's how they, they gauge their intelligence, I guess. They say, oh, there's a mirror. You want to figure out what this is all about? And a llama can kind of understand that, oh, that's me. So I'm not personally too worried about llamas taking over anytime soon, but if they do, if they do, we better make sure that they have enough grass farms to keep them happy, I guess. I, llamas seem relatively easy to please. Devin asks, have you downloaded the... S oh, you know what, Devin, your question is kind of hard to ask because saying these things out loud is a debate amongst itself. Amongst itself? In itself. Your, your question is controversial, Devin, just because of the phrasing. And you didn't even say it bad. This is how I write it all the time. But we will say it... Well, you know, we're going we're gonna to draw a line in the sand. He, Devin's talking about uh, Super Nintendo and the Nintendo Entertainment System. But he, he writes it out with the letters. Do you guys care about this? I don't know. We're going to just say it. Devin asks, Have you downloaded the SNES and NES emulators for Switch? Devin, I assume you're talking about the uh, Nintendo Switch Online, NES Entertainment or Nintendo Entertainment System Online and Super Nintendo Entertainment System Online. The naming scheme, Nintendo, for this shit is ridiculous. It's just long. It's it's stupid. It's stupid. Just call it Nintendo Switch Virtual Console. Boom. Bada bing, bada boom, you're done. The answer to your question, Devin, is yes. I most definitely have downloaded these. I, I, I have a, a Super Nintendo Classic, and we'll get to that. But I, I, I am, I'm a subscriber to the Nintendo Switch Online service, so I'm going to get every dime I can out of this. By the way, the, the best thing that's come out of this uh, service for me is Tetris 99. But to answer your question, yes, I have downloaded these emulators, and there's some good games on there. I, I give the, uh, the Super Nintendo games most of my time. My favorite games on here are uh, Super Metroid, Star Fox. I like Star Fox 2. I haven't given that one enough time yet. I like Super Punch-Out, Zelda, Link to the Past, Super Mario Kart, F-Zero, blah, 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 blah. There's some good stuff on there. I want to play more games, though. Now, I don't hate this subscription model. People call it like a Netflix for games. It's not really. I think the Xbox Game Pass is, is more synonymous with that. But uh, even though I don't hate Nintendo's subscription model, the games come out very slowly. The Wii let me play NES games, SNES games, N64 games, GameCube games, Wii games. The Wii had it all, relatively speaking. It also had, uh, you know what, shit, it also had Sega Genesis games, Turbo Graphics games, Neo Geo games. Shit, shit. I'm cursing a lot this week. It's a long episode. We're going long this week. So right now, Nintendo is charging me 20 bucks a year to play the games that I already got from my SNES Classic. And my SNES Classic also had Mega Man X. It also had uh, all those games that I, I got when I hacked the thing. I mean, I didn't hack it. Legally speaking, I did not hack it. But uh, I like my Super Nintendo Classic. Anyway, thanks for the question, Devin. Ken asks... Have you ever been to Bohemian Grove? I'm going to need some agua, H2O, for this question. Ken, 
before you ask this, I had never heard of Bohemian Grove. But now, I have spent an unhealthy amount of time learning about this place. And by an unhealthy amount of time, I mean I have watched over 10 minutes of Alex Jones ranting about this place. If we are to believe Alex Jones, <laughs> this is a huge campground full of rich and powerful men getting naked and performing pagan rituals in the woods. And to be fair, Alex Jones put out like a 90-minute documentary, and like I said, I've seen some of it, and there is video footage that they got. And I guess some of it, they, they do verify that the footage is real. The, the people who attended, they say, yeah, it's real, but he got his facts wrong about why we're doing it. But it does look creepy. It does look weird. But to answer your question, I have not been offered membership to the Bohemian Grove yet. We don't have our 8 billion listeners yet. But I assume once I have access to all 8 billion people on the planet, once the planet gets 8 billion people, I assume once I have that kind of power, they're going to want me at the Bohemian Grove. But I've seen the video footage. It looks, it looks weird as hell. I'm not into it. I'm not into it. I am, however, a member of the Burger King Kids Club since like 94 or 95. So there's that. Thanks for the question, Ken. Yilly asks, is Ken a real person or are you just pretending to be someone else and using his name? Well, pretending to be Ken would be exhausting for me. See, Ken runs his own show called The Iconoclast Speaks on Facebook. You should check it out. He shares his thoughts. It's on, on uh, pop culture. It's pretty interesting stuff. He also writes books. He has extracurricular activities with family. He's a busy guy. So that would be like those, those truckers that have families all over the country, right? You know, it sounds like a pain in the ass to me for me to pretend to be Ken. I'd have to have this whole other persona, and I just don't think I could do it. I don't think I could have another family on the other side of the country. I just don't, I, I don't want it. I'm not interested. And also, I would just never pretend to be somebody else. Right, Mike? Right, right. You don't need to answer that, Mike. Ken asks, how hypothetical will this podcast be? Well, we told a lot of real stories in this episode, so... I think it's ranking pretty low on the hypothetical scale this week, even though we use the word hypothetical in our Facebook post this week asking for questions. So I apologize for the confusion. Hypothetically, I think we're clocking in at a 3 out of 10, hypothetically. Thanks for the question. I'm glad I can answer it uh, very confusingly. Kolos Dolos asks, I would like my fight to the death versus Mike to be on pay-per-view. Can you make this happen? Last week, Kolos asked for this fight with Mike to the death. We said yes. Mike said no. I said yes. So, Kolos wants it on pay-per-view. Mike, would you like your fight to the death to be public? Don't answer that. We're going to make it happen. I think we can make it happen. I think we can make it happen. At the very least, we could probably get this recorded on some sort of straight-to-video bum fight series, right? Right. Mike, you could do this. That, that one guy, what was his name before he died? Um, shoot. He used to do uh, prison fights. He used to fight prisoners, and then he ended up in the UFC or MMA. Dang, I wish I could remember his name. I think he passed away, though. Man, that was a, a real rags-to-riches and uh, then ditches story. Rest in peace. Ken asks, Have you ever thought about adding a segment on what pyramid schemes you would consider investing in? This is a great idea, Ken. 
And I mean that. I mean that. That's a very good idea. We could we could run it like one of those investing shows. Maybe we could get Jim Cramer on to encourage our listeners to invest in Amway and Mary Kay. You know, this week's must buy, Chris to Chris's must buy is Cutco. Cutco, a new knife has never been such a pain in the ass. Actually, I have a, a Cutco story. I think it was Cutco. You know, this is this episode's running long. Somebody remind me. I'll tell my uh, Cutco story in a future episode. Ken also asks, how would you feel if Sony banned smoking in all of their films? Ken, thank you for asking me about smoking in films. <laughs> I'm not going to do this to you guys too much. <laughs> I know we talk about this a lot. But if Sony were to ban smoking in all of their films, that would mean that Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray would not be able to smoke in Ghostbusters movies anymore, right? It would also mean that the children in the new Ghostbusters movie couldn't smoke either, right? Right? We don't want that. It would also mean that James Bond couldn't smoke in movies either because Sony has the rights to James Bond. Or 007. What is the name of those uh, movies, uh, legally speaking? James Bond 007? I don't know. I guess I'd be pretty unhappy if Sony pulled a Disney here, but but I have a caveat here. If they replaced cigarettes for something harder, like heroin or methamphetamine, I think that would be a fair trade. Like, look, you can't smoke, but you can you can inject heroin. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this show up. Let's wrap this show up. Last week on our uh, Facebook page, at Uploaded, U-P-N-L-O-A-D-E-D. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instant Graham Cracker. We are there. Last week we asked, what is the best book of all time? You guys were split. You guys were split. A third of you said it was the Bible, the Holy Bible. A third of you said it was Fifty Shades of Grey, very different from the Bible. A third of you said it was Garfield too. Not quite a book. Zero percent of you gave Trump the credit here with the, the art of the deal. And zero percent of you said People Magazine was the best book of all time. This week's poll asks... Who should be the next fighter in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? Who do you, what's the iconic video game character you want to see in a fighting game like Super Smash Bros.? Don't forget, of course, to subscribe to the show, Chris to Chris, uh, for, you know, new episodes and stuff like that. My wife has been saying, you know what, buddy? You need a break. And maybe we'll do a break next week. Maybe that'll be the exciting thing we do. I don't know. I haven't decided if we're going to do a break next week because we have episode 69 coming. <laughs> That's a, that's a, uh, an entendre, a euphemism. That's a something dirty. I don't know. You can tell my brain's a little, a little broke, a little, a little on the tired side. So we'll, we'll do a break either uh, next week or some other week in the near uh, decade. We'll see. This has been uh, episode 68 of Chris to Chris, and I have the weekend off. So I want you to do the same thing I'm going to do, which is enjoy your weekend. Or else.